Hey, awesome people. Welcome back to a little R&R with Rick and Rebecca. And today we're going to talk about spiritual practices, also known as spiritual disciplines. And to give you kind of an overview of what this might include, uh, it could include anything from reading scripture to prayer to worship to fasting to meditation to solitude to silence, really uh, practices that put us in a place where God can change us. And so our goal today is to talk about why we do them also share a little bit about maybe our own personal application of these in our lives and really ultimately how it draws us closer to Jesus. So that's kind of our roadmap for today. Uh, let's start off with a definition. How's that? I like that idea. All let's right. De- let's define let's spiritual define practices. It. So John Orberg, awesome writer, speaker, says this, spiritual practices are any activity that can help me gain power to live life as Jesus taught and modeled it. Okay, wait, say that again. You bet. Any activity that can help me gain power to live life as Jesus taught and modeled it. Essentially, what he's saying is that these are practices that put us in a place where God can change us and allow us to be strengthened in our faith to live life that Jesus wanted us to live. Okay, so you having just said that kind of alters what I was thinking of even because I think I was thinking so much more along the, the lines of standard sure. spiritual practices, but you just sure. opened it up to a whole nother new You're way You're welcome. of looking at spiritual practices. Okay. How so? Um, there are things that I do that are part of my own recovery that... Um, because I am a compulsive overeater, I and am currently actively in recovery. One of the things that I do is I have to do a lot of food prep to make sure that I'm not oh, yeah. stepping outside sure. the lines. And sure. and this sounds really funny, but it it's actually like for me. Oh yeah. I I when I do it, I actually think of it as a spiritual practice. But I I don't think I ever thought until now that huh. I actually could do that. Okay. Because it's 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 understand that when I'm saying food prep, it's not to provide healthy body or healthy food for my body. Sure. When I as a compulsive overeater am doing food prep, it's because I'm surrendering my food to God. Mm-hmm. 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 And well, and so it's like yeah, this. Good. It's a it's a something different yeah. in my. So like, don't think that I'm saying, okay, everybody, you know, go do whatever diet fat veggies. of the day yep. and call it spiritual practice. That's not it. It's um, it's that it's an act of me actually surrendering. Yeah. While so, I'm doing this, so not to put words in your mouth, but if you recognize that your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, in order to love yourself well, you take care of yourself well. So any act of self-care is really an act of honoring God in your body, right? And so you could also, as you're prepping your food, you can still be praying or meditating or yes. thinking or reflecting. So that's one way to look at it for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Just side no, note. No, you're good. You just uh, So really me. what these are, these are ways to become more Christ-like, ways to tap into who Christ is, and ways to give him access to us. So let's just talk about a couple of them as examples we almost always think of like prayer, um, reading scripture, worship as like the primary ways to do that. And those are certainly the key ones. Yes. I would argue that a word is the foundation of all of those things because yes. the word forms our basis of truth and knowing who God is and all flows out of that. But let's just talk a little bit about what 
reading the word could look like in our daily lives or worship or prayer as what as ways to be transformed. So for example, we're going to talk a little bit about our own experience with these things. Uh, so for me, the word uh, includes, and by the way, let me just make a, a little side note. Like we both teach and chaplain for a living. And so it's easy to let God become our job. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, we yeah. have to work very carefully Ooh. at making sure that we have a connection with Jesus outside of work. That is very real. And one of my boundaries for that is when I'm doing my own reading or prayer time, it can't be also prep time for a class yep. or teaching, right? Yes. Because then I'm work related. Yes. So uh, it might flow out of my own time with God, and almost always does, but it doesn't start that way. So just a little caveat there. Of I really like that. We're yes. careful to make sure that. Our God time doesn't become our work time because that's a little bit weird. Yes. And so anyway, so my own word time needs to be, for me, I'm not a morning person. I despise mornings. Oh, my gosh. But I need to start my day that way in order to keep focus. So in the morning, it might be as simple as a psalm and a, a part of a gospel or something like that. It's It's designed primarily to get my focus on the right path for the day. I might read later as well, but... I need to start the morning that way. So for me, it's reading the scripture and it's it's letting it soak in. And then I pray while I'm getting ready. That's kind of my time to focus on the day and pray through some certain people I pray for every day and also pray for, the, for work. And then I try to do this is to pray consistently all throughout the day. So an example of this would be when Paul teaches to pray without ceasing. Yep. We almost always think he means like literally praying 24-7, which, which is, is not really, really possible. That is, that is creepy. Yeah, it's not possible. <laughs> and so the word he uses in the Greek for pray without ceasing is the same word you'd use for a constant cough. So what really? he's saying is you're not coughing all day long, but you're coughing all throughout the day, right? Yes. And I love that analogy to prayer. You're not literally praying 24-7. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're, you know... But you're praying all throughout the day. Yeah. Here and there. And it's this ongoing convo with the Lord. And so that's what I try to do in my own life. Um, not just when I'm struggling with something, but just to have that consistent connection. So those are two things for me. And then of the third one that I try to do, well, I shouldn't say I try to do, I get to do because I go to chapel three days a week, <laughs> is I get this consistent experience of worshiping with all the clients, Yes, which is one of my favorite ways to experience God's presence is yes. in that moment. So those are the three things that I try to tap into on a most consistent basis. And the last one I'll throw out is we don't often think of Sabbath as a, as a spiritual practice, yep. but if you read the Old Testament, you see this example from the beginning of putting one day of the week aside for the Lord and for remembering. And so being a workaholic by nature the way God broke me of that was making me, and I mean making me lie down by green yes. pasture, Psalm 23, making me take Sabbath. And the first Saturday that I took off and didn't actually work, this was years ago, I thought I was the laziest bum in the world because I wasn't actually working that day. And then I realized something, that the world still went on just fine without me working that day. Yes. And I was like, wait a minute, I can actually pause and take care of myself and the world goes on. And so I started practicing Sabbath about 15, maybe 10, 15 years ago. And it changed my life. Like I look forward to my Saturdays and Sundays now where I literally don't work on the weekend unless I'm repping with the choir on Sunday. Because I need that time to not only break my workaholic habits, but to honor God. And so Sabbath is one of the key ones for me. What are what are some for you? Oh, I think um, for me, it's 
it's funny because uh, for me, oh, let me rewind a little bit. Having come out of the background that I've come out of, it's really easy for me to take a spiritual practice, grab hold of it, and then turn it into a religious act. Oh, yeah. And so um, I've had to, especially over the last year, do a whole lot of um, uh, disassembling of my spiritual religiosity. Sure. And kind of simplify things. I think simplification is actually one of my biggest spiritual practices lately yeah. um, in all aspects of my Simplicity life. Simplicity is a spiritual practice, yeah. Yes, it is yeah. for decluttering. me. Decluttering. I am I am decluttering yeah. mostly my heart yeah. and my head. Yeah. And and it is it has caused my prayer life to almost oddly look more religious because my prayers become much more the same thing and yet they have a depth and a meaning sure. that means something more to me. So what I what mm. let me say more so that it makes sense. What I used to do with my um with my belief and understanding of prayer is that I think I thought the more words, the more time, the more energy and the more effort then the more God would actually hear me. And oh yeah. Do you Hello. get what I'm saying? Hello. So if I speak louder. Yeah. <laughs> and faster. Yep. In my case. And with more. Yeah. Because you know, more yep. is more instead yep. of less is more. Um, then surely he will hear my cry. And um and I'm finding in in my recovery that I'm doing the like like the simplicity of the 11th step seeking through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand him for me that's Christ praying only for the knowledge of his will that totally simplified all my prayers if i'm praying only for the knowledge of his will and then the only thing i can add to that is the power to carry it out right you know, my prayers used to be, you know, oh, God, please get me a good parking space and, sure. you know, sh show me that I'm That's blessed. so and important. Show yeah. me that I'm blessed and highly favored, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, I'm joking, but sure. it's there was a reality of that. Sure. And and yet it's like in my recovery, God's like, no, honey, I want you to walk. So I, right. <laughs> right. I'm not, you know, so God, show me the knowledge of your will for me is a repetitive prayer I'm regularly praying because I'm so quick to lean on my own knowledge. Right. So what what looks like now it it looks more religious because it's the same prayer all the time. God, sure. I need the knowledge of your will for my life and right. then the power to carry it out, but it's simplified my prayer life and actually I feel like has deepened it and enriched it. Um, I know also, um, we've talked about this before, that just the difference in how we handle approaching the word, like I, I can see you as being one who studies and it cracks me up that you are not a morning person. Cause like for me, my prime time is like before dawn breaks, Ugh. before there's birds, before the, Ugh. there's something about mm -hmm. that silence before the world wakes up. When you should that, be sleeping. <laughs> That is, if you if you if you are an old person like me having hmm. a seven thirty bedtime, <laughs> see here's four thirty is a great time. I of don't day. think we should be up before the sun's up. <laughs> Just saying.
Okay. Anyway, it does say in scripture, and before the sun came up, Jesus went into... No, okay, anyway. I know, I just had to go there. Anyway, so that being said, for me, it's there's something about that like sacred quiet time in the morning because my brain is not busy. Whereas like at the end of the day, my brain is too full. Um, I'm, I think I'm either too sleepy or something to be able to have a busy brain first thing in the morning where I can feel like I can hear more clearly and I can't study like I used to. It's I, I need, I need things on audio for me. Um, and I found this great app that I want to promote to you called Streetlights. If you haven't heard of it, you should just go look it up right now. Some really top-notch musicians uh, and people who are involved in Christian rap and spoken word put together this app that's free, Streetlights. Go look it up. And they basically put the Bible to music and read directly from the scripture. And there's something about having it read to me that... Um, I know that I hear it differently when I have it read and there's something that I can I can pick up better right um, with that. Um, and the last thing before we jump back to you is that that having had been a worship leader, I think I also had it ingrained, you know, bigger, louder, sure, more expression. And I think it's really funny that what God has done for me lately in my worship time is my most sacred and holy moments are silent. Yeah, isn't that cool? And stillness. For sure, I get that. Yeah. There's a holy reverence to that. There's a sacredness yeah. in the stillness. Amen. And I I I was known for, you know, just the sheer volume of my voice right. having the internal amplifier. Right. I can outsing anybody even if they've got a mic. And yet what God's called me to now for worship is actually the silence. Silence. Sweet. So we've talked a little bit about some practices, a little bit of how we do them. Let's talk about a couple other aspects of this. Um, one is that, or, and let's talk about the why, actually. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I think we've probably noticed in our lives and maybe noticed in other people's lives is that our why gets kind of uh. up sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we read scripture or pray publicly or worship very visibly to portray to others our level of spirituality or even to ourselves our level of spirituality. Yep. It's more of a external, maybe showy than it than it is heartfelt. And I've experienced that and I'm sure you have too in my oh, own yes. life. And then there's the 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 fact that sometimes we feel like we just have to do it because it's what we do as a Christian. So I have to read, I have to pray, oh I have gosh. to do whatever. And the way I, I know Rick. that I'm doing that is I hear myself saying things like, well, I should pray more or right. I should read my Bible more. And when I hear that word in my head, I hear my mom's voice and I hear shame. And so one of the things I watch for with with clients is when I hear things like, well, I should pray more, I would be careful of the shoulds because that sounds like obligation to me or even like shame to me. Right. So what would you say about shoulds or or the obligation side of the practices? I I would actually my my whole thing is is when I'm feeling a should for a specific practice, I often try a different practice. Sure, why? To get myself out of that mentality, I have to shift to something else. Sure. Um and and 
and I'm I'm almost wondering if that's why stillness is so powerful to me right. is because I think there might be still for me some shoulds with worship that yeah. I don't experience with stillness right because it's so antithetical to who I thought I was well are, so are you saying that sometimes if we feel drawn to a particular practice it might be coming a religious thing what where we feel yes. like this is how I'm going to honor God or how God's going to be pleased with me and really it's not about the practice this sounds somewhat heretical but it's not about the practice the practice is what puts us in a place for God to know us and us to know God. Okay, right? now you just totally are messing with me. Good. Okay, yes, because I think, I think the oh, yeah, it yeah that there's a default we have in our own humanity that will go for it's like like default to performance, yeah. default to defense, default to negativity. There's that natural default we go to, so. Here's your challenge, people. Uh, whatever your spiritual practice is, try the opposite. Uh, how funny yeah. would it be to, you know, like find out that you're <laughs> that you're actually doing something possibly out of religiosity and sure. obligation and haven't known it? And I'm only saying that because I'm I'm coming to a certain level of awareness for myself right. that I was so sure what I was doing was doing things for Jesus when in reality yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was really doing them for the approval of humanity yep. and and didn't recognize that. So let's talk about a couple examples of that. One is, for example, where I've had to break or more correctly, the Spirit's broken something in me is when I got in a pattern of praying a certain for certain things or a certain way. For example, for a while wouldn't let me pray for anything but just gratitude and, and just express gratitude and thanksgiving to God for stuff. Uh, I get stuck in certain patterns of certain books of the Bible that I read, and so I'm pushing me in different parts of the scriptures. So if so, it's not a, a becoming a routine or just a rote thing that we do. I think that's huge. So the quote I read earlier was, any activity that can help me gain power to Ugh. live life as Jesus taught in Model Day, right? So I had a thought I've never had, I've never thought before. Okay, bring it. Okay, this is a, we'll flush this out here. Uh-oh. So when the disciples were following Jesus. Yes. They're hearing him teach. Yes. They're talking with him. Yes, they are. They're going away to be quiet with him, to quiet places yes. with him. They're practicing the practices with Jesus. Yes. Okay. So is it possible that that's why we do the spiritual practices is not just to be religious or because we should or ought to, but rather it's our way of duplicating what the original 12 did with Jesus. For example, when I read the word, I'm hearing him teach the word to me just like they would have. When I pray, I'm conversing with him just like they would have face to face. When I go off in silence with him, I'm literally doing that, but not physically, but, you know, he's not with me physically, but I'm doing it spiritually. I wonder if those are the ways that we connect to him through the practices in ways they did face to face. Well, I want to take that one step further. Does than that make Rick. sense? Yes, it does. Okay. But I want to take it one step further and say, I don't think it's just like being like the disciples. I think it's actually being like Christ himself. Sure, absolutely. He did the spiritual. He, yeah. he did the spiritual practices just like he did baptism. He yep. did. Yep. And that we're, we're actually participating in his life and theirs. Yep. Ah! Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's part of community in the body of Christ. 
That's I just, so that's an interesting good. thought that I think we're we're re, we're duplicating not only what he did, but what they did with him. Yes. Which I think gets to the heart of getting away from the the should haves and the and ought tos and recognizing, no, this is something that I get to do in order to put myself in a place where I can become like Christ. He can change me and actually speak to me. It changes the motivation for it, I think. Okay, can I just be offensive for sure. just a second? Go then? for it. So much of the church, I think, is really focused on like, oh, if we could be like the Church of Acts. And I think that's what you're talking about. And I think they think of the Church of Acts as being this miraculous thing because, you know, there was the Pentecost experience sure. and there was the thousands that got saved that day. But what we forget is we have the internet. Thousands are being saved right now. Right, right. Like it's actually... Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like if we want the Church of Acts, it's actually going to happen through the spiritual practices. Yeah. Yeah. They were living out what he taught them to do. Mm-hmm. Actually, actively practicing spirituality. Yeah. Yep. And the power goes along with that, but it's not just about power, for sure. It's what our daily time with the Lord that makes the difference, too. Absolutely. So crazy. Yeah. So a couple of thoughts for for y'all who are listening. Uh, maybe you struggle with like, do I where do I find time to do this, or even am I doing it right? Here's Ugh. just a couple of which I that's an interesting question. Like, can we in just itself, take right? that yeah. question even out of yeah, the equation? Yeah, let's take it off the like, table. Like let's let's like okay, listen, listen, listen. Uh, if you're worshiping and like and you're off key, do you think God cares? No, He doesn't. My neighbors might care <laughs> in the service. I don't care okay. what your neighbors think. Okay. Okay. Because here's the deal. Like, like, uh, yeah. I, I, that's one of the things that kind of amazes me about the teen challenge experience is like, listen, I'm just going to be honest. There are some times that the choir is like fire and just yep. on, yep. just good. And listen, we all have been there. There are some days when we sound a little rough and ragged, like we should not be making a choir out of this. And in those moments, if you don't listen to it as if it's a choir, but you ask, what is God hearing? Yeah, for sure. What is God hearing? Yeah, that's good. That's good. It changes. It's like there. it removes all performance from it. Yeah. That's good. So let's kind of recap a little bit. Okay. We talked about practice as ways in which we put ourselves in a place where God can change us. Way to get us back on task. <laughs> right? And we talked about some different practices. Yes. And then we talked about getting past the sense of I ought to or should do this and recognizing that it's an opportunity to not only model what Jesus did, but also for us to draw closer to Jesus. Yes. And then I would say, lastly, figure out which practices your soul most easily is inclined to, okay? We should do all of them. Yes, yes, hear that. But some of us are most connected in worship, some in prayer, some in scripture, some in meditation. That's legit. So find that avenue and lean into that one and then expand to the other ones. Yes. And also, often people will say, you know, I need to read the Bible more, so they read like 15 chapters uh. a day. Like that's probably too much to absorb. So start with with a reasonable amount of time that you can do consistently. You can always add on later. The key is not the length or the quantity. It's the consistency of it. And approaching it not as I'm going to learn something or I'm going to look religious, but actually, man, I get to hang out with Jesus for a while through scripture, through prayer, through worship, through meditation. And I'm going to use this time to let him speak to my heart and to really open myself to what he has to say. I think that's the heart of spiritual practices 
And ultimately, it's a way for us to deepen our walk with God. So whatever that looks like for you, uh, just take some baby steps of praying or reading or meditating, whatever. But but look at it not as I ought to do this or I should do this, but I get to encounter the creator of heaven and earth in the person of Jesus, the power of the spirit through his word, through prayer and through worship. That's crazy cool. I want to add one more thought yes, about ma'am. that Bible reading because you just provoked me with that idea of quantity. Yeah. Um, when it when it comes to food, because you know everything sure. back, relates back to food with me. Listen, you can go to a buffet and you can get like this mass quantity amount of food, and no. it doesn't mean you enjoy it. You just no. have a mass quantity. No. It and it doesn't have to be of any benefit to you. But there are some fine dining restaurants that you go to and you look at the portion that they give you on your plate and you think they're calling this a meal. Right. But but they they bring out these small little portions one right. after the other. And if you start to look at Bible reading as fine dining, that like it's it. that you start to really chew yeah, on the, the one thing that's in front of you. Yep. And catch the flavor of what's there. and enjoy that thing, it does much better benefit. That's good. Quality over quantity. Sorry. So on the app, if you want to throw out some questions or even some of the ways that you're encountering God recently. Yes, we want to hear from you. Things you're learning and maybe some things God is showing you, please put those in the app and we'll, we'll do our best to address those in the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Yes. As always, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and grant you much, much peace. See you, awesome people. Have a good day. Bye.